0: I want to go to I want go. I want go to Hey, we're Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp. September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for 3 nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at CampPunkSylvania.com. That's Camp P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! back to roots. I want go, I want to your life the mixtape presents headliners each week i am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick which they have already described themselves as uh platonic spouses uh so <laughs> I've I've lost I've lost my place in this. Uh, but please hi. welcome to the show uh, the the accidentals, one of my favorite uh, recently brought to my attention bands. I am I'm very excited you're here, Katie and Sav. Hello,
1: hi. Thanks for yeah, having yeah, us. Glad yeah, please, to be here. Please don't read the whole bio. There's <laughs> much going on there. Just the essentials are that we met in orchestra and uh, it's been ten years and we still love each other. So yes, that's exactly. what's important
0: uh for any listeners who are interested uh the whole bio will be in the show notes um they everyone loves them is basically all you need to know um about the accidentals you listen to them once and you love them and that is that is where we are so tell me what is the worst question that you've ever been asked in an interview
1: so we were just talking about this to make sure we were on the same page but both of us vividly remember a time we have a drummer named michael who uh has been with us for about eight years mm-hmm. and a lot of people are very interested in michael's uh interaction with us to the point where uh we were asked once in an interview where does michael go when you guys change clothes <laughs> which <laughs> is like just the oddest thing to get asked at nine in the morning uh both of yeah, us yeah were... it's
2: one of those like oh, yeah. and i do want to say we've had so many good so many good interviews and not it was so it's hard to really answer this question but this was definitely one of those things where like they started asking like this long rambling question you could tell they were like you're like Michael like when you're in the van like what's it like traveling with two ladies and like you know like Hmm. when you get to the show like what do you do like in the dressing room like when they're changing clothes and Michael's just like like white as a ghost we turn around he's like what do i say he's like that was kind of a like to his michael's credit he kind of called it out and was like that's
1: sort of an odd question (laughs) another time uh we had an interview where they asked if we were corn fed and i was like are are we cows to you like what is this question (laughs) so it's you know people were interesting i think that both times maybe they were trying to make a joke of sorts but um but I don't know. We were just – I mean, it's not like these are – like we're angry or anything. It's more we're just confused and amused by these interactions.
0: <laughs> I, the, the, <laughs> the corn-fed question is really throwing me. <laughs> I, because – like what –
1: i mean corn's having a moment too in our modern time like corn there are lots of songs about it going around right now and uh, corn is important to me but am i corn fed is a totally different level of questioning
0: yeah like were, were they implying that you just like you, you sit in the van with cans of corn and that's all you eat or I, I enjoy,
1: uh, corn on the cob I like yeah, cornbread oh I just yes. great but am I corn bread. fed you might yeah, yeah Katie actually left me two really good cornbread muffins I'm like I'm in school right now so she comes over to help let my dog out and uh she left like hel- like cornbread muffins with homegrown jalapeno in them and like oh, wildflower wow. honey it was like next level so mm-hmm. am I corn fed right now yeah yeah yeah, I'd
0: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um if if you could collaborate with any musician living or dead, uh who would you who would you pick?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: okay. you go first and then I'll go.
1: Yeah, so uh we do a lot of co-writing with people who really inspire us. So for instance, we did some co-writes with Kim Ritchie and Dar Williams and Beth Nielsen Chapman and we made a whole EP of them. So ever since we got into co-writing, I've been like, oh, this is a thing that we can do with people who are like our heroes, like we can do this. So, you know, what's to keep us from doing a co-write with like Adrian Linker or like Anna Tibble. Um, so that would be like the thing that I would strive for because both Adrian Linker and Anna Tibble are both just writing absolute poetry right now. It's it's really cool, it's a cool moment.
2: Dude, yeah, my answer to this changes all the time because every month I'm obsessed with a new person. Um, but some of the long standing ones have been like it would be so cool to do like a string collab with um like Rob Moose or Andrew Bird or sister our, strings for that matter string heroes. or like if i could write a song with um there's a songwriter a canadian songwriter named Andy Schauf who i have a huge musical crush on that would be really cool to write a song with him so you know there's like a different hero for every little category
0: Nice. Um, describe your latest project. And since there are two of you, I'll I'll allow two words. Um, so describe your latest project using only two words.
1: Uh, I think, you know, we, we planned for one because the latest record is called Reimagined. And I think <laughs> it does a good job of summing up what's going on there. So Reimagined, I think, is our one word.
0: Excellent. I like that um who is an artist that if they asked you right now you would drop everything and go on tour with
2: Uh, definitely yeah definitely brandy carl has been on our list forever the top of the list
1: or the indigo girls that was like my big influence when i was growing up i think both of them if either one of those artists asked uh, we would drop everything in our schedule and, and go do that. And I think people would be in support of that as well.
0: Absolutely. Um so so Brandy and the Indigo Girls, uh if you if you happen to be listening and uh looking <laughs> for a support act, um, you know, hey, we're here give them a call.
1: Hmm.
0: Like this uh this show's all about manifesting. We're gonna manifest all the <laughs> all the big amazing things that you want through Aww. this show.
1: That is that is a powerful tool, manifestation.
0: <laughs> um if if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be?
1: Oh you know, there's like a lot of things that are in progress and that change all the time. So, you know, I I, I think the big one would be that uh, the music industry would benefit from being representative without being tokenistic. You know, I think the industry actively seeks out diversity right now because they know it's successful, which is great. Uh, but there's still an undercurrent of like, oh, we're doing this because of what the numbers reflect. So there's like a great scene in the show The Boys, which is kind of a violent but uh, apropos take on the entertainment industry, uh, and they have this LGBTQ plus character. Um, who And they, you know, she's private, but they out her and kind of make this big campaign that sort of screams rainbow capitalism. And I think there's a line that we have to draw where we can do good work and have it be representative without that representation being inauthentic or exploitative. So I guess making authenticity be the goal rather than the cashola, but that's kind of a naive Thing to ask for, (laughs) because so much of our society is structured around sort of a you know a synthesis of both, of one or the other being more extreme. So, but you know, I would, my hope is for the industry to be representative and diverse without it being exploitative. That would be my hope.
0: I like that.
2: Yeah, I would like to go. I would like to rewind the time before TikTok. Oh my (laughs) god! Yeah,
1: good simple answer there.
2: (laughs) Um, yeah, but I mean. I don't know, that's kind of that's like one kind of beautiful thing about the industry is that there is a niche, I feel like for everyone now. And like we were talking the other day about how um, like no matter what your personality type, there's probably a spot for you in music. Like I see we're blessed that we get to like see these different pockets of the industry. Like we spent um, a little bit of time in the in the folk world, like the singer, songwriter, troubadour scene and also like the jam band festival world. And like the the co-writer world and also like obviously during lockdown we were in front of our computers on social media all the time Um, i wouldn't like call ourselves content creators necessarily because we we primarily like go on the road like road and studio are our two favorite things but yeah i'm still really bad at tiktok
1: Sorry, I have an old dog. There he is. I have an old dog who Dakota. gets stuck in places and walks around it and stuff. So I was just making sure he wasn't getting stuck under the table. <laughs> I'm here.
0: What is a venue um, that you would give anything to play?
1: Oh,
2: I say I don't know if this counts as a venue, but the tiny desk office. <gasps> oh, nice. Was,
1: oh my god, yeah, that was my NPR.
2: NPR tiny desks were my like awakening to cool independent music
1: man we've been trying for years too like that would be just pinnacle but also you know obviously red rocks would be like the dream gig um you know especially like i'm a big national park enthusiast and the fact that like there is this amazing beautiful spot in nature that's full of music is kind of the per- perfect scenario
0: red rocks is the y'all are like the third or fourth uh one of these i've done and red rocks is the most popular answer to that and you know as i i've seen concerts at red rocks and it's just it's like nothing i've ever experienced
1: yeah i bet
0: what's your worst habit during the songwriting process
2: oh um my worst habit is, like, self-critique. Um, so I put up, I immediately put up walls before I say anything, which back, which would have realized, like, you know, for the first 10 years of our career, we pretty much just wrote independently. Like, we would uh, come off of tour, Sav and I would just find our separate corners, and we would just dump everything into a song. Um and now when we co-write, sometimes I, I like put up walls before I even suggest something. You know, we will get to the end of the song. We'll all be like, what's this one line need to be? Like, what's it going to be? And then, and then it'll pop out and I'll be like, ah, oh, dang it, should, should have said that sooner?
1: Mm. I think uh, for me, my worst habit is that I can write verses like all day long. But then when I actually hit the chorus, I feel all this pressure to make it memorable and also sum up what I'm trying to say and that gets to be really hard so you know I've tried writing choruses first but it's just you know I don't know it's difficult it's my (laughs) worst habit definitely
0: what's a song that uh you wish you wrote
1: Mm -hmm. uh have you heard of this band called the cream wives I have not Okay, so they're in Michigan, they're in like the Grand Rapids area. We all grew up together, by the way, like Billy Strings and the Crane Wives and us and Blake Elliott and like all these great musicians in Michigan, all of us like know each other and have collaborated. And uh, first of all, I just think that's really cool. But um, the Crane Wives have this song called Volta that is just like from start to finish, every line, every musical cadence, so good. I wish I'd wrote it. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, like it hurts to listen to because I'm like, wow, <laughs> this song is so good. I wish I'd done it. <laughs> you know, uh, they do great songs. All their songs are like that, though, really. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like every single Cream Wipe song, I'm like, dang, that's so good. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they rock their vocals make <sighs> me melt.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, I think I would, I don't know. I tend to choose A Day in the Life by The Beatles because... My goal as a musician is to like, I don't know, there's the way they capture so many moods in that song uh, with with the music, like it's a musical emotional roller coaster. You know, it takes you in so many different directions. Um, I'm a definitely a music first, lyric second person. So I've always admired that song for what, like what it
0: does. Yes, excellent. Describe your perfect
1: day. Wake up, drink coffee, get brunch at this really great place called Mofungo's here in Nashville. It's like Colombian food. Uh, I get the stupidest and cheapest thing I can find in a local thrift shop. And then I come home and sleep it off for three hours. And then I wake up and write three songs. And then I read a really good book about bird evolution. And then I sleep for another 10 hours. Nice. That's my day. Dude, sleeping, sleep, man—that's the best part. Um, all the other stuff's filler. True. Yeah, I
2: agree. That place, dude, that cafe has some amazing plantains. But do they have any corn?
0: Do they? Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Next time you go, you have to ask. (laughs) You want you want the corn brunch sampler.
1: Exactly. It's just five different ways of making <laughs> corn. Isn't there a scene like in Pee Wee's Great Adventure or something where it's like, we got all kinds of ways we make corn. <laughs> I corn think so. Bread, yeah. Corn flakes, yeah, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> oh
2: man. Um. Yeah i i I would agree. My day would definitely include, um, you know sleeping in actually my perfect day would would be i would wake up at 6am and i would be full of energy like, i would wake up i'd get out of bed it would still be dark out and i would feel <laughs>
1: fully <laughs> You're your energized
2: uh, i've always wanted to be a morning person i'm working towards it um and then i, I would probably involve like uh, a road trip you know i feel like Sweet. most at ease when i'm traveling somewhere Um, ideally when there's no like traffic going on. (laughs) Um, so it involve a a road trip, um, out somewhere in nature, like to, uh, ideally somewhere with water. Like if we were um, back home in Michigan where we grew up, I would, um, go over to like the, the sand dunes or like the lake by my house and spend like half the day there and then come back and like make a humongous meal and watch a movie, go to a movie theater a local movie theater like the Traverse City State Theater. Ah! And uh watch a movie with a big bag of popcorn. And that would be the end. Popcorn.
0: Hey. I like that. Um as as someone who uh because of uh this show and other shows that I do uh, I, I have to be a morning person, it's not all it's cracked up to be.
2: <laughs> oh, what <laughs> what what time do you get up?
0: Um today I had my first one of these at 5 a.m. Oh my! God. So I've I've been up since like 3:30. Wow.
2: wow! And you 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 interview people at 5 a.m. Yeah, that's a I'm a, so impressed.
0: Time zone, time zones are a hell of a thing. <laughs> What's a song lyric, yours or someone else's, that's always stuck with you?
1: Well, okay, so back to the local thing from Michigan, there was this uh, songwriter named Patrick Carroll, who uh, was in kind of the northern Michigan area. And we didn't really know him. And we didn't get time to know him. Because when we were like, I want to say 18 or something, he passed away from cystic fibrosis at like the age of 25. Um like he wrote this amazing i mean he wrote a lot of amazing music but the record right before he passed it literally came out like a month before he passed away and uh, it was called glow in the dark every song off there talks about like this very unique grieving experience of knowing the end you know and processing that uh but there's one line uh from glow in the dark that it's just when your life leaves not even a spark, all you can do is glow in the dark. And uh, it's pretty powerful. That whole wow. record, you really need to be in a certain headspace to absorb, but I think it should be like, everyone should listen to it, you know? Uh, just to get perspective on, you know, what we still have. It's just that kind of record. Yeah. Yeah,
2: especially, because did you mention he was 26? So, oh yeah, twenty twenty six When he um, passed away and now, we i just turned 26 in march and so yeah it's it's kind of crazy to um revisit that album at this age even more so
1: can't imagine writing a record like that right now yeah
2: well and that makes me feel even worse because i'm gonna pick
1: (laughs) i'm gonna pick one of our (laughs) lyrics but not because
2: i think it's like a great lyric or anything um but because uh you know, I deal with a lot of anxiety. And um, one thing I have to do for myself is like give myself daily mantras. And so one of my daily mantras is at the end of our song vessel, which is we'll get to where we want to be. And so it's all about like having patience and um, just faith that, you know, no matter what today has, like, you know, we'll get to the other side of it. Um, And so that's a song that like, I was just telling someone the other day, um, I was talking to a friend about video editing and how sick and tired you can get of listening to your own voice, (laughs) especially when you are doing any of your own mixing or producing Mm -hmm. or like, in this case, I edited the music video for that song and I heard it thousands of times because the video changed like a hundred times. Like we started it right before our trailer got stolen in 2019. Then we we're gonna work on it again right before the pandemic, and so this thing stretched on, right? Um, and so I am so sick and tired of hearing that recording, but like I never get tired of singing. We'll get to where we want to be.
0: I love that, and I I I definitely definitely before I you know got a production team when when the episodes came out, people would be like, "So do you, which which episode is your favorite?" And I'm like, I I haven't heard any of them. <laughs> not, not since I recorded them.
1: Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah.
0: What's your favorite cuss word?
1: So when we we do a lot of workshops for kids and when we do those, uh, we have to replace how we normally talk with like something else. So um in the past I've done different types of cheese, which is ah, it's great. Such a good answer. Yeah. Um but also I think Amy Winehouse really normalized the word fuckery. Um, in a in a really powerful way, and I it makes me laugh every time I hear it. It's just I love that word. I think it's so clever. Um, but the types yeah. of cheese also, there's just taking, gorgonzola. Oh, they just is hit so hard, man. They just um, what's another? What the pepper jack is this, man? Pepper jack. Pepper jack. Oh, pepper jack. Food oh, like in it's Funny too. I don't know. Um, like there's. I've, a... I've
2: always wanted to call someone a donut
0: hole, <laughs>
1: but I've never done it. <laughs> You know, food just has some impact to it. <laughs> it's Good.
0: I'm gonna try that.
1: Mm. You should.
0: Definitely it it honestly
1: awesome. makes your day better. Like, <laughs> just sometimes cuss words like they're good, but they they can have a negative connotation. And taking something with a generally positive con- connotation, unless you're like lactose intolerant, which even still probably yeah. positive because. I'm lactose intolerant. I love cheese, but (laughs) like, you know, uh, it can make your day more positive. So try it.
0: (laughs) I definitely will. What is your favorite Beyonce song? Crazy in love. (laughs) Nice.
1: I don't know. I know it's kind of,
2: I don't know. That's surface level.
1: Yes. I mean, that's the thing is like so many of these Beyonce songs that were like so revolutionary at the time they came out, they came out for us during like high school. So I would hear them most of the time sandwiched between like Kid Rock and like Hinder on the bus on the ride home, you know, which isn't like the most amazing memory association because first of all, you're at school and second of all, it's it's Hinder. Sorry, no shade, but like, oh my God. <laughs> um, So like, you know, I don't have like the most positive um especially like when they put those songs on repeat or at high school dances which is also another traumatic memory uh it's hard to associate uh even though i love beyonce and i think she's like an icon and one of the most powerful beings alive um i think sweet dreams is the one that i can find the most positive connotation with uh but yeah like all of it being associated with high school is hard for me to, to stomach so
2: I need to catch up on new Beyonce. New Beyonce I'm so slaps. grateful for this yeah. Um, yeah. interview because now I can finally catch up.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, the her, her new album is fantastic and it yes. is addictive. Uh, it is all I've listened to outside of like music for this show.
1: We tried to put it on at like three in the morning on a van drive from like one place to the other. And at one point, Michael was like, okay, this is great, but I I need to put on something else right now because I need to like drive. I'm like, okay. But no, we got to get into it. We'll do a dig, a deep dive.
0: What is something that people would be surprised that you own?
1: Uh, I have a five foot recurve bow um i do archery sometimes and i think some people know about it because my personal instagram i have like footage of me shooting uh shooting arrows at ginger ale cans And i guess i did do it in one music video too i think i shot uh, a water jug in our video for so Steady. but
2: if i just met you like you might think i probably wouldn't expect that to be in your where is it in your bedroom in, in my bedroom closet? it's like a
1: 40 pound bow too so you know like I don't you know I'm like five foot three and you know that it's it's a big bow it's about as tall as I am um but you know I really enjoy archery and uh it's 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 fun there's like a free archery range here in Nashville it's maybe like 30 minutes away and it's like outdoors and beautiful and like situated right on this big range cliffside, and I just love it so yeah, yeah you know I got Gary Corbeau and not everybody knows, so don't don't break in my house. <laughs> <laughs>
2: what would someone be surprised that I own? Um I have like I don't know, a, a soldering uh side side hobby, you know? Sometimes I like to get out the the soldering iron and and melt things, like <laughs> Pedals and guitars and <laughs> just cables. <melt> <laughs>
0: just just random things around the house. When I get really
1: angry, do you make smores with it?
2: <laughs> I should. You um, <laughs> cook your corn. <laughs> yeah, I blistered the corn. Um,
0: that you use the soldering iron to open the cans of corn. That...
2: Yeah, yeah, just just uh, just picture myself like, <laughs> like holding it on top, just digging a hole through. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I, it's not something I really advertise. No. I advertise my other hobbies very loudly, like knitting and sewing and cooking and plant.
1: Yeah, Kate's kind of like a grandma until you hit the soldering <laughs> iron thing. It's like, oh, never mind. Cool grandma. <laughs> I mean, cool grandma definitely, but soldering iron definitely like brings it up. Oh, thank you. It's cool.
0: If... There was a musical Mount Rushmore. Who would be on it?
1: So I think we definitely had to prepare for this just because we've gotten similar questions. Like who are like the most iconic artists you can name? And it's just such a touchy, subjective thing. Like, you know, I guarantee somebody's going to be unhappy with the ones we chose. Uh, But are you cool with this? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so... I would say Sister Rosetta Tharp, uh, for her contributions to rock and roll, uh, this 1930s, excellent, excellent guitar player. Uh, she's great. Um, Joni Mitchell, I think deserves to be up there. Uh, her songwriting, her prowess, the ability to tune her guitar to all different kinds of things and know what the heck's going on. I think she's a huge influence to a bunch of artists, uh, doing their thing today, including me and Kate. I mean, it's just, yeah um robert johnson's contributions to blues uh, i think is super important and billy holiday's contributions to jazz i think all four of them definitely deserve to be up on the mount rushmore of musical heritage and just you know all their work was super important and i know there's like a million people who could also be up there but those are just the most important ones to us i think you know as far as we can tell mm-hmm.
0: i like that that's a fantastic answer
1: we try our best.
0: <laughs> hey, that's I mean, I love it.
1: We do a lot of um, our Patreon. We have a throwback album review club where like the patrons choose which album they want to talk about. Most of them come from like the 60s and 70s, but we you know, there's all kinds of ranges. Uh, And we've just kind of developed a way better appreciation of like musical history as a result. Like there's all kinds of eras that we just missed because we weren't alive or, you (laughs) know, um, like it wasn't like on the radio all the time. So it's really hard for us to get an actual scope of um, musical history. And that's why, you know, doing this club is super important to us. And, you know, having the opportunity to go back and listen to those records and then track the trajectory of what they led to as far as influence later in the industry, I think. Um that's been super beneficial to us as artists for sure.
0: Nice. Um, and for any anybody who's uh curious about the uh the Patreon, where where can they find that?
1: Patreon.com slash the accidentals. Um, definitely join. It's super fun. We have a book club, we have a throwback album review club, we're doing we're gonna start doing live streams more often, um, because you know, we're not touring as much in the summertime. So it's just a great place to be to get behind the scenes. We post new music and we have a weekly tour blog. It's Crazy. We're doing all kinds of stuff. Nice.
0: Using only colors describe your music.
2: Mm. I I feel like I would give each of us a different color because mm. there's Sav and me doing the writing and then we we tend to do the arrangements uh for the live show and sometimes studio with Michael. So like I feel like Michael's color is green. Mm, definitely. Because he is like uh you know, he he's like got a pretty like calming, like stable presence. He's really into like bony bear and like like mushrooms in the woods. Moss
1: Man. Like, <laughs> his his side
2: project, yeah, is literally called Like uh, in Moss Man. Um <laughs> yeah, right. and tree skin is his other project. So Michael's got a heavy green energy. Mm um and then i feel like i don't know i feel like the colors that always come back for sav and i are red and blue in different shades um like it just became like a weird theme that would pop up like our very first album that we took off from spotify because we didn't want people knowing it existed uh was called tangled red and blue and um You know like it's it they're they're two like opposed like complementary and opposing forces right like you've got like fire and water and um i don't know just those colors have always popped up too like sav and i will just like randomly be on stage and like you know she's got like a blue water bottle and mine's red or something (laughs) you know and like those colors seem to pop up a lot. And I think I hear those like complementary opposing forces in the music as well.
1: But well, also the synthesis forms something that's new, but tangentially related. I think that's an important aspect of that too. Yeah, nice. and all nice. of us are primary colors as in, you know, <laughs> primary elements leading to a general collective that's
0: cool. Nice. And I, I, I would just like to say that I, Tangled Red and Blue is a fantastic album. name. <laughs>
1: oh, no. oh yikes!
2: How'd you how'd you find it? Well, we have to, don't don't
1: we have to don't reveal you your secrets to the general public. Don't tell them.
0: <laughs> it's just just the name. I haven't I haven't actually heard the album, but like the the oh, okay, name okay. is oh, fantastic. Okay, good, 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 oh, good, good, good. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Um, so definitely, like, use that in the future. Mm, like,
1: yeah, we could do like, another remake. That. <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> Hmm. You are the lead singers of a super group. Who are the other members?
1: First of all, this implies that we would be in a super group, which is uh <laughs> funny. Um I chose a couple I like of people. The,
2: yeah, I definitely think Okay.
1: So Maddie Rice. Maddie Rice, we both agree on. Uh Maddie Rice is great. She's I think she's like 29 now, 28 or 29. And she's right now she's in the SNL live band. And she's also done a ton of tours with like Stay Human and like Robo Bucket and all these great um, artists. But she's just she's just a killer guitar player. Um, so she'd be in the super group. Katie obviously would be on cello um, and Michael on drums. I'm sorry, I'm not biased. They're just <laughs> that good. Um, and then Anna Colmia Traver on saxophone. She's from Robo Bucket. And we definitely need a saxophone player in the super group um sister strings on additional cello and violin would be so cool and then our friend patty for on bass and then you know me just being happy to be included so but uh <laughs> is <that> on tambourine
0: <laughs> yeah tambourine <laughs> no, just... my
1: favorite <laughs>
2: instrument <laughs> <You'd>
0: <laughs> with play, a harmonica you'd, shred, yeah.
2: you'd play electric violin in that group yeah I we'd know. have like a whole string section oh yeah it'd be super nice. fun
1: yeah yeah that's it
0: that sounds awesome hmm, i'd go see know. that band <laughs>
2: Maybe someone on
1: mandolin. Oh yeah. Oh, Ooh, Sierra, uh, Sierra Hall. Hull. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we're on the same page about this. We know what's up.
0: Yeah. Um. So you are you are given the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, and you can cover one song from any artist's catalog. Money is no object. Like, they're just like here, go. What song do you pick?
1: I feel like, we've talked about covering an ELO song for a while now, and we just really need to commit. Um, uh, especially because, like, a lot of our fans have asked for an ELO, ELO song in our repertoire, and I, I, you know, I love them, I love the record Out of the Blue, like, so much, it's one of my constant go tos. So, something off of that, we were originally talking Mr. Blue Sky, but it's kind of the go to one, you know, I want to do something um, else off that record, so uh, that'd be my choice. I just love them a lot so
2: yeah and the, the nice thing about that song is like it immediately well you'd it would be hard to do it justice you know this would be like a big big commitment um yes but that song immediately makes me happy and like half of our music i feel like makes people really sad so <laughs> this would be <laughs> a great um opportunity oh that's funny
0: <laughs> i that's that's the second time that Mr. Blue Sky has come up today, and wow. it is it is also uh, my my alarm tone on my phone. <laughs>
1: that's actually genius. Mine's the Stranger Things uh, theme is my like alarm sound, and then oh. whenever I have a timer, it's the song "I Don't Want to Check My Bank Account" by Lewis Cole. <laughs> uh so i think you know the lewis cole one can stay but i think i need to change the stranger things because i wake up with such anxiety it's like i'm like oh my god i'm up but mr boost guy
0: would be good yeah what's a song um that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack
1: we're actually big film nerds. Katie especially is a big film nerd. And I think a lot of the songs that we have were literally written to be in that kind of environment. Like that is kind of a big goal for us. And we've already had some sync placement, which is just awesome. We love that. Um, It's just super cool to see your song being utilized in a scene that's supposed to make somebody feel something, you know or help do that so you know our song go-getter i think is like our quirky indie movie first day of high school song (laughs) um but it's also involved in like a very big music video that we structured around it to show that like you know it it can be used for a plot device um and then city views like our sad bastard song that like plays at a character's lowest moment you know mangrove reimagined is our adventure sequence for like an animated movie i don't know there's lots of songs that we could choose that I feel like belong in that kind of environment. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. especially, um, that latest album that we did reimagined is all, um, orchestral arrangements, uh, us performing songs with a full, a full orchestra. So a lot of those two, I feel like are so
1: epic cinematic like, cinematic. Yeah.
0: So if anyone, uh, at Disney. Who's listening? Uh we've got we've got some uh got some music for you.
1: Mm. Yep, we're here. Come on, Disney.
0: <laughs> Write them a check. Lots of zeros.
1: <laughs> yes, please.
0: <laughs> uh so this next question is um kind of a choose your own adventure type thing. Um it's called pick a cliche, and I have uh three of what I consider to be the most cliche um, questions that musicians get asked in every interview. Uh, so your choices here are, who are your influences? What got you started in music? Or what is your creative process like?
2: I'm glad there's no, the the band name question isn't yes. on there. Or, or like,
1: how did you guys meet? <laughs>
2: uh, or like, where do you, where do you go when Michael
1: changes his school? <laughs> <laughs> or are you guys corn fed? Uh, maybe what got us started though would be yes, good. Yes, I think that's a good it. Ties line. into the latest record like really well. Um, you wanna talk about it? Um, yes. So,
2: <laughs> Sab and I, <laughs> uh, our origin story. Um, <laughs> we're two students at Traverse City West Senior High School in Northern Michigan. Two of us are really shy. You know, like we. We had many opportunities to run into each other on various random occasions like uh, like a camping trip of a mutual friend or um, getting put together in a wedding cor- quartet or <laughs> things like that. And, and still we didn't know each club other. Club
1: That we stay after school and cover Bud Zeppelin and yes, many yeah. times to talk to each other.
2: And still we, yeah, we didn't, we were really shy. And so, um, yeah, like we, we got really into orchestra uh, one day, our teacher asked for, t- like, a couple of volunteers to perform um, to represent the alternative styles for Strings Club for an event. And Sav and I were just, like, the only two people who wanted to do it. Um, and so we had our first, like, one-on-one interaction. And Sav was, like, teaching me, like, fiddle tunes by ear. And, like, I was showing her, like, some songs I had written. And I picked up a guitar. We started playing, like, the White Stripes. And, yeah, we just had this instant, like you know, like, like, complimentary um, skill sets that we decided, hey, we should keep playing music together. So um, being an orchestra, playing violin, cello, also, very important for us was seeing this duo do a workshop for us called the Moxie Strings. And um, Diana and Allie play violin and cello, they do workshops and clinics about um, improvisation and being fearless with your instruments, um, you know, breaking down the walls of you know, like musical stereotypes and being like, Hey, you can play all sorts of genres with your instruments. And so seeing them do their thing, Sav and I were like, Hey, we could start a duo. And that became like a trio and a full-time band.
0: Nice. What is your strangest pre-show ritual?
1: So our sound engineer just took a full-time position with uh, an audio company. Um, but you know, whenever somebody tours with us, they tour in the same van. We all have the same suitcase. It's like a (laughs) Timbuktu suitcase, uh, because they fit really well into the back of the van. They're like, you know, stacked like dominoes. Um, so Evan was like a huge, uh, family member to us. He still is, but you know, it's, it's hard to not tour together, but, uh, he would, we have like all kinds of really stupid jokes and a lot of them are from Evan and one of them is, uh, Swoots. Which is basically, first of all, the general concept is that you replace every vowel with two O's when you're talking, uh, which is already stupid. Uh, but then, so add into it that we're doing squats, uh, which is you know, where basically right before show starts, you all get in a circle, and you do squats and you count uh, in numbers, replacing all the vowels with O's. So for 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 instance, uh, you have woon, two through foo. Um, and it just goes all the way up to 30 and all the way back down. Um, and you're squatting the whole time. So it's and like you 60 squats.
2: you get through it with a straight face, then you're not <laughs> human.
1: Yeah, um, and we've pulled all kinds of people into this uh, ritual. We do it in between, you know, long drives at gas stations, too. We did it with the 30-piece
2: orchestra <laughs> on the first couple of shows.
1: I wasn't there. I yeah, had COVID, so. we did
2: squoots with 30 um students
1: and we also you know we pulled our uk tour manager into it which i we broke him he was he told us that he was a very serious person before he met us and we absolutely destroyed that aspect of his personality which is good because he had a kid on the way so we wanted to show him what he was going to be getting into but uh the scoots he was very quickly inducted into that ceremony as well and uh scoots is an important aspect of of our bonding (laughs) our band bonding so uh, I recommend everybody try this because it's highly specific, totally absurd and a great way to get loosened up before you Work go on stage. quads. Quads. <laughs> quads. Qu- 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 <laughs> Qu-
0: okay, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna, before the next interview I do, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give that <laughs> a shot. Yes, please. Thank you. Um, Do you consider yourselves artists or entertainers?
1: I think it's proper mixture of both because if you are totally 100% an artist, it can be a very isolating experience. Uh, I think being an entertainer kind of implies that you have a relationship with your audience. Um, And if you're an artist who's not really concerned about your audience at all, and they're not really a character in your story, then you're going to feel isolated. And sometimes there's a sense of ego that I think kind of ruins the whole artistic integrity. Whereas if you're only an entertainer, then you lose the authenticity that comes with your art. So Associating one side or another can be sort of dangerous, and I think a, a synthesis of having respect for your audience and including them in your narrative is important, while also not fully falling into that so you lose your artistic integrity. That's a big answer, but that's how I feel. What about you?
2: Yeah, I I agree. I feel like I feel like it's almost more like eighty percent entertainer. If you if I if I use sort of the definition of like audience first um obviously when we're on stage like our stage show what we do like 200 days a year like that is definitely crafted for entertainment it's like we both have wireless instruments for like choreographing stuff where sav and i like jump off the stage and then jam to each other and and making um those like moments during the show but also like we've done a lot of studio production work and that too it's like um hey, is this interesting to the listener or the audience? Like, um, you know, how are they gonna perceive this? Like, is this string arrangement like bringing out the right emotion? Or is it like, um, you know, the EQ and the compression? Like, is that like wearing out the listener? Is this riff interesting the 50th time you've heard it? You know, should Which we change you it are up?
1: also the listener at that <laughs> point too. So you're kind of making those judgments as listener and as artist. But then again,
2: like, what, yeah, what's the definition of an artist? Like, I, I don't know. Like, when I, when I, when I consider myself mostly an artist is mostly when I'm alone, like, working on something for me, like writing a song for myself or, like, literally doing some sort of, like, little art project or making a Christmas card for someone. Like, that's where I feel like I'm in the artist zone.
1: That's a good, a good point to make sure that when you talk about yourself as an artist, you're not really hinging on a commercial aspect, too. I think that's an important distinction to make because entertainment is a commercial industry. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily as long, again, as you synthesize that with art- artistic integrity, which is a very non-commercial enterprise. So, yeah. yeah. My dog is groaning in the background, and I think he, <laughs> agrees. I think he agrees with this.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, those are... Those are fantastic answers, uh, to that question. So thank you for that. Um, how many alarms does it take to get you out of bed in uh, the morning?
1: Uh I typically have three. I have one an hour ahead of time, one thirty minutes ahead of time, and then one that's like, Okay, get up. Um and it makes everyone wanna kill me because we all <laughs> sleep in the same hotel room. So
2: yeah, I mean, I have t- I have two personalities. I have tour Katie and I have home Katie. And tour Katie can get up on the first alarm and do like I don't know yoga and be down in the lobby with my backpack in like ten minutes. And home Katie can snooze for three hours. I have snooze my alarm every eight minutes for three hours once.
0: Oh wow! Yeah, it's that is it's two
2: different personalities. <laughs>
0: what is the biggest misconception about musicians
1: okay this is a good uh good sequel um what a segue thank you uh people tend i think my own brain just now wow okay people <laughs> tend to glamorize the road i think it definitely looks clean by the time we get on stage everything looks pristine sometimes and you know like it looks like you know We've done this a thousand times, which we have, but I think people don't realize that we are at a venue on average for six to 10 hours and we lugged in all our gear ourselves and we set it up ourselves and we even like, you know, we do like a lot of the audio engineering work on that end as well. And then we packed it all up at the end of the day after playing an hour and a half and we drove three hours to the next place. Uh So there's like a very unglamorous, we have people come up to us all the time and they're like, you don't have your own roadies. And it's like, we are the roadies. <laughs> like We're getting paid to load in and do this. The music is the free part, you know? So, you know, not to mention between that and like less showers, less laundry, less sleep. Uh I think it makes a person way less glamorous than the rock star image that people very much associate with, you know, um, So, you know, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, we are much dirtier than we look. So (laughs) don't hug us. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. Dry shampoo can do wonders. (laughs)
0: Yes. Uh, What moment in your careers are you most proud of?
2: Oh. (laughs) 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 One thing was making an ice cream flavor uh, at my favorite childhood ice cream restaurant oh, for the nice. accidentals it was called Michigan and again moomer's ice cream blueberry and cherry flavored
1: that was an extremely
2: good moment that was like that was like the same way i felt
1: when i saw we had a wikipedia page i was like <laughs> wow i'm going <laughs> to retire i you know i wrote a different answer than the one i want to say which is that um we have lots of like young uh people come up to us and uh say that they are a band because they heard our music and that is mind blowing to me. Uh mm-hmm. first of all that we've been around long enough to warrant that, but also um that young people, young women and like young people in general are just getting inspired and seeing that it's possible to do what we're doing and they're doing it. Like they're playing multiple instruments, they're writing songs, they're forming power trios they're covering our material it's amazing to watch i'm just like okay you know um because that's how we got our start we had Mm -hmm. somebody come in and show us it was possible and that's when we decided to do it it did not happen spontaneously we were we were told it was possible and i feel like we're making that kind of impact on kids when we do workshops or when we take youth orchestras on tour with us um we're showing what's possible Uh, That's huge. And that's something I'm really, really proud of. Uh, It almost makes me want to cry because it's just like, oh, man, like, you know, this is the standard that we can set for the industry. We can say, like, doesn't matter who you are and doesn't matter how old you are and doesn't matter what you do, you can do it for a living if you if you want to, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's it is totally possible to try all these things and to express yourself in this way. So
2: um it's like all those really tough moments like the really like horrible like small daily things that build up like all those manifest in like hey like here here's a person who because you have done all this for 10 years like bam it made a difference to someone
1: yeah, like other people have been like this got me through the lowest moment in my life and because writing sometimes feels like such a personal experience it's hard to even imagine that people are listening to it and having their own interpretations because to you it's just this tangible, you can draw the exact moment that in your life that you wrote it from but because we're all suffering or going through something. Um, you know, we can all relate to even just the most personal stories. Uh, so I think that's just a really awesome part of music that, you know, it's the introverts, uh, fast track to friendship. It's just like the way to connect. Um, and I love the connections that we've made from it. So really, really proud of those.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. What's the first song that you remember hearing? I'll go first. Uh, my
1: parents are musicians they met in nashville uh my dad played like piano and guitar and saxophone and he used to tour with like terry clark and whispering bill anderson and played at the grand Ole opry and my mom is an r&b singer and she just crushes it she can play piano and guitar and she writes songs so actually the first song i remember is one that my mom wrote uh called lonely too long uh and she I, I don't know if she was like listening for like a master or like a mix or something but i specifically like one of my first early memories was like sitting in the back seat of like this very 90s car and like hearing lonely too long on the radio um so that was you know it's not this is a great question because that's not something i ever really think about but that that's probably the first one that i can think of well you
2: yeah i don't this is such a good question and i I love like I'm trying to decide on which answer to give but um my parents are also musicians like my dad is a piano player um and so like the first music like I used to hear him like playing all the time um I grew up hearing a lot of instrumental classical music like he'd be playing in the living room on like weekends like warming up or my mom used to be the choir director at a church so I'd hear a lot of like classic um choir tunes um and then the other thing is, like, I was just having this conversation with my boyfriend because we were uh, we're talking about video game culture a lot lately, um, and he's really into Twitch and like the speedrunning community and like learning a lot about video games. And so uh, we like listened to the whole soundtrack for uh, Super Smash Brothers for the Nintendo sixty four, and every single song <laughs> uh, immediately came back to me, um, and like I don't know in like video game music it's like the music i didn't know that i i heard growing up as a kid like watching my siblings or my dad play video games and like you know like i had like my first kiss to the soundtrack of zelda wind no, waker <laughs> the, the, oh my god the, what is it the the menu music so you know i would i have to say like i've really over i've really underestimated um video game music in my life.
1: Wow.
0: If you could start your career over from the day that you decided to pursue music, would you do anything different?
1: I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard to try and compare. That's like some quant- quantum physics shit. I don't know if it's easy <laughs> to compare your parallel lifetimes saying like every single, well, what have I done this differently? Like I've, I think we specifically set out not to do that because, you know, of our experiences. Like, um, right after high school, we pretty much both auditioned for Berklee College Music and a couple other colleges. And Kate got in with a full ride uh, the Presidential Scholarship, which they only give to two students every year. Um, but she couldn't defer it. And we were offered a production deal at the same time. So, um,. So like it was really like one of those like this is a make it or break it decision. You have to decide if you're going to go get taught how to be a musician or you're you're just going to be a musician. And that's like the thing I think I can speak for both of us where we constantly have to remind ourselves not to go back in time and be like, well, what if we had done this differently? Because it's too much energy to spend on like potential regret that you can't even be sure of as opposed to just living in the present moment and just – embracing the beauty that came of it um regardless of what decision you made there is some beauty you can reap from that decision uh whether it be the beauty that you experience from just becoming stronger or gaining another skill set towards knowing that there is something better than what you are currently experiencing and you're just not there yet um i don't know if you want to write on that
2: yeah it's a tough question right because you go back and you look at yourself and you're like oh man i I had some pretty miserable times there, right? But <laughs> but you can't like you said you can't necessarily fix that by doing things differently. Um my my piece of advice would be uh I would try to give myself the, the, the tool set for mental health at a younger age. I don't think I I, I mean we're pretty self aware and we lean on each other as a band, but um I like I wish I knew a lot of things about myself and coping mechanisms at 26 that that I didn't have at 16. I think that would have made like some of the difficult times a lot easier, but I don't think I would have
1: changed those things. That's a good distinction to make between controlling your environment and controlling how you react to your environment. That I think is the better answer. Yeah, that's smart. Well done.
0: I like that. (laughs) Very well done. Yes. What keeps you up at night?
1: Homework. (laughs) I'm a full-time student for biology at MTSU, and I'm an honors transfer student. So what that means is that um, even though I'm an undergraduate, I need to write a thesis by the time I graduate. Uh, So I've already got some ideas. Um, I'm kind of aiming towards this animal empathy, behavior, neuropathy, evolution thing. Um, But that's keeping me up because I'm constantly thinking about how I'm going (laughs) to manifest that um and also be a full-time musician um that's the problem with having a lot of passions and you know when people ask like why are you doing this i'm like you know like my grandfather was an engineer self-taught and he was a musician and he painted and he did all kinds of crazy stuff and he never liked like the idea of only doing one thing or only being passionate about one thing in his life stop him you know and i i know i'm capable so uh but, yeah, that's keeping me up at night for sure is is the homework load and, you know, uh, making everything yeah, happen. Do you have, like,
2: stress dreams about <laughs> bird
1: Um, I dream evolution? in calculus right now, uh, which is <laughs> funny. Uh, I was literally dreaming about, like, finding the domain and range of, like, a function last night. So, But, you know, I... I'm also the kind of person who derives a lot of joy from learning and solving puzzles. And if I treat every single coursework thing like a game that I just need to solve or play or win, um, I'm competitive enough to do it. So I'm just treating everything like a big game of Sudoku right now. And it's it's working out for me. Not sure how long it's gonna last, but that's what's keeping me up at night. What about you? <laughs> Maybe yeah. too much caffeine intake. Yeah, too much. <laughs>
2: too much coffee. Uh, No, I have the I have the opposite problem right now. I'm sleeping (laughs) through my alarms. (laughs) I'm sleeping a lot now. But we're home for a week. I don't know. It's kind of a we are like getting to the end of uh, the busy summer. You know, And this is the first summer that we've ever done long distance band where Sav and I are in Nashville and Michaels in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. So we were in Michigan almost the whole summer we did Sav and I flew back and forth more times than we've ever flown oh, probably oh. ever yeah. um, we've been on a plane yeah more times this year than ever so um uh yeah like being home is when i catch up on sleep but yeah i also have lots of weird performance stress training <laughs> you know staying up late working on the patreon tour blog and things it's a different thing every night that's my answer
0: would you ever try acting full-time
1: hell no yes. <laughs> You would. I I would. I mean, I probably wouldn't be that
2: good at it, but I did. I did get the lead role of um, Lily the mouse in my middle school (laughs) acting camp. Wow. Highly sought after role. Um,
1: Kate's good at acting. Kate's got this like great eye for film. And, you know, Kate's done and edited a ton of our music videos and come up with the treatments and everything like Kate's a Kate's a film God um Ooh, i I, like I am not i hate acting <laughs> acting makes me cry acting like i remember uh we've done like some crazy things we had a choreography session once with a uh, with a pretty famous mime in michigan because he was working with all these musicians and helping with their mm-hmm. stage presence and i don't remember what he said at one point he was like you need to like get vulnerable and i just burst into <laughs> tears and i had no idea why um <laughs> Something about acting just terrifies me. Uh, And I have a lot of respect for people who can do it. uh, But it's just like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just cannot tap into that without just like emotionally falling apart. It scares the
0: hell out of me. So hell no, no way. Mm -mm. So tell me about uh, your latest project and what's next for y'all.
2: Yeah, so we have this this year alone, we are doing three projects. Um, And the latest one we touched on earlier, like uh, in in like coming full circle with our orchestra roots, we did a 12 song album, 12 of our original songs that we have recorded like in various fashions over the last 10 years. But these are all reimagined with um, original orchestra arrangements. by this group called the Kaboom Collective out of Cleveland, Ohio, which is a, a new program. It's like a year old or so started by Eliza Grossman. It's a fantastic conductor. And yeah, the whole program is 15 and 25 year olds who get like production-based um, experience on their resumes doing composition or studio orchestra. Um, they have already done a project with um, a film score. They did a project um, with a video game animation and score oh, wow. and they did a project with us doing an album and a tour. So we we toured the Reimagined record um, a few weeks ago. We did like a 12 day run uh, through the Midwest, which was awesome. And yeah, we got to hang out with 30 amazing, cool, smart, um, talented, um, you know, 15 yeah. to 25 year olds. <laughs>
1: So that was one of the projects. The other projects were Timeout, Out, uh, which is that co-writing project that I was talking about earlier, uh, we write with a bunch of people and our goal is to just kind of bring together some of our favorites and uh, put them into an EP that's meant to be kind of a stripped down songwriting featured thing, as opposed to like our full band indie rock project. So uh, we put together Time Out 1 and 2 and put it out as a vinyl. Uh, we're working on Time Out 3 right now and working with a lot of people who are um, incredibly talented. Uh, and then we're also doing a covers record called Play Your Paragon. We were, we were just talking about that <laughs> today. Um, we back in like 2020, like January, we were covering 20 different artists, uh, female artists who inspired us to become musicians. So, you know, we covered Joni Mitchell and Brandi Carlile, Ani DeFranco, um Leanne Havas, Alabama Shakes, Carolyn Rose, like Stevie Nicks, all these people. Um, so you can find that on our YouTube right now, uh, at youtube.com slash more accidentals. There's a big playlist of player Paragon, but we want to turn it into a record because we had a lot of people asking like, where can I find this? And we're just like, YouTube, <laughs> like, <laughs> like we want to make produced versions of these, some of these songs too. And, um, you know, the more, the better we also did, we're covering, um, the Rose sisters with, uh. With Kim uh, Ritchie, we are doing a cover of Hammond's song, which is one of my all-time favorite songs ever. So I, I think it would be cool to just put out a record of, of these, and we're working on that right now uh, from our home studio. This is called Crooked nice. Moon Studios. So this is where we got everything done last year. So, yeah, we're going to keep that going.
0: Nice. That's excellent. Uh, so tell the folks – um listening at home and all over the world uh, where they can find you on social media, where they can listen to your music, where they yeah. can buy your music.
1: It's all at theaccidentalsmusic.com. Yeah. You can find all of our social media links there too. If you see the two of us making a dumb face with a guy with a lot of hair in the middle, <laughs> uh, that's us. Yep. So I uh, can't miss it.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, thank you so much for being here today i have enjoyed this immensely and you have you have given fantastic answers to all these questions <laughs> i feel i feel sorry for whoever's episode is after yours um, because it is going to be very hard to top
1: oh my um, gosh wow very yeah. excited
0: yeah, yeah for everything you so well. that y'all are doing um <laughs> just absolutely brilliant thank you thank you again
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for your brilliant podcast. I mean, these this format is so great. And the questions are so fun and made us really think so. Appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Love this podcast. Consider supporting this show.